Welcome in to Revealing Grace. This is a podcast focused on the revelation of God's redeeming grace throughout all of Scripture and the power that it has to transform lives eternally. I'm Chris Sobak, and here in a moment you'll hear from Dr. Brian Chappell. In this episode, Brian will be sharing how the message of the gospel appears throughout the entire Bible. And in his year-long sermon series, By Grace to Glory, Through the Bible in a Year, Brian has been illustrating that truth. We will be discussing the sermon that Brian gave on Acts 1.8. Now in this passage, it shares how when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we will receive power and be Christ's witnesses. Now, it's pretty easy to see how that applies to global missions, but how does that apply to the local church as well? We will also be discussing why it's not enough to merely be tolerant of others who are not like us that are in the church, and why we need the Holy Spirit to live out the gospel calling in our lives. I hope you enjoy this episode and are able to take something from our discussion of the Holy Spirit and the role that it plays in our lives as we seek to live out the church's mission. One thing I'd like to do to start out each podcast is to ask what I'm calling the revealing question of the podcast. And that's just an opportunity for us to find out some little uh, bit of information about Brian, maybe something that he likes or something that he's done. Uh, so today's revealing question, you know, we are kind of in the middle of winter right now, which in the Midwest can drag on for a while. So sometimes it's nice to think of of warmer thoughts and maybe summer. So I'm wondering, could you maybe share what's one of your favorite memories of a summer vacation growing up as a kid? Oh, wow. Uh, I loved going to a place in Tennessee um, where the lake water of what was known as Montgomery Bell was crystal clear. And my family got in boats, and we went out to islands in that huge lake system of Montgomery Bell. And I can remember, even as we paddled, you could see all the way to the bottom of the lake, and you could see the fish down there. They wouldn't bite anything we threw at it, but you could see <laughs> but all you the could way see down. Them. Yeah. And it was, it was just a – I'd never been on water like that, and rarely since. So I just remember the family being on boats at Montgomery Bell in Tennessee. Well, that's, that sounds great. That's a great memory. Um, why don't we get into things? Over the past year or so, Brian, you have been sharing a sermon series uh, where we've been going through the Bible uh, systematically. Um, what was kind of the vision for that as, as you thought to do that with our congregation? Through the Bible in a year, my, my goal has been to say a lot of what uh, I've tried to emphasize through uh, my preaching has been that there's a, there's a continuity, there's a beauty to the single message of Scripture, that from beginning to end, it's about uh, the grace of God that unfolds into the culminating ministry of Christ. And so I'm just trying to help people see that. So we started in Genesis to say, you know what? The message there is not different than the message in Matthew, right? So God was saying, I've got to provide a Redeemer. You are not your Redeemer. I have to provide one. And Therefore, when Christ comes, he's the fulfillment, he's the, the ultimate culmination of that message. And for people to see that, you have to go through the Bible and say, you see, Micah is not different than Matthew. The book of Judges is still unfolding the same story. Because what people 
in some traditions would say, you know, there's kind of the, the mean God of the Old Testament, the nice God of the New Testament, or God saved one way back then, he saves another way in the New Testament, or those people were different than we are. And you kind of say, well, actually, God is unfolding a message of grace. And, and I've had the privilege of doing that this year. Now, this last Sunday, what you were focusing on was in Acts, Acts 1, just starting out the book, um, and Acts 1-8 specifically is probably really what what the crux of the sermon uh, was based on. And how would you say, or would you say, that as you've presented that passage this time, or even as you've been working up the sermon, um, that maybe God has revealed something new to you, or, or there's been a new way to kind of approach the Scripture? Well, as since I was a kid, I think when I hear people preach that passage, they weren't necessarily on a different path than I was on. Everybody loves Acts 1-8, where when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, Jesus says to his disciples, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And you kind of go, well, there it is, you know, there's the, the pebble in the pond and the ripples now go out, and the pebble is Christ now having resurrected promising his Holy Spirit, and the influence of the disciples just gets wider and wider. But but my goal was to say not only is that what we see Jesus promising will happen to his disciples, but it's the continuation of the message that began long ago in Genesis when God said to Abraham, I'll make you a father of many nations. I mean, this is, in a sense, not supposed to be a surprise. The disciples don't get it yet. But it's it's the continuation of God saying, I will bless the nations. This world that I have made is going to be the receptacle of my message of grace that's going to keep expanding. And, and that is not something radically new. It's just radically being revealed in a way that the disciples are now getting it. And so that was kind of fun. You know, I kind of wanted to be able to say, you know, this new message is the old message. And it's just now coming with greater power and impact. And, and I, you know, I really liked being able to do that through the Bible in a year saying, it's still the same message we were talking about almost a year ago. As you've been working on this entire series, what would be something you want to make sure that they pull out from it? I know we kind of addressed that, but is there really like a very specific thought like, okay, each time I approach the scripture, I want to make sure that we cover these different elements? Well, I surely want there to be a sense that God is in some way saying, I have to provide, I have to provide for people who cannot provide for themselves. There's some dimension of God's grace on display, that he's gifting people with blessing that they do not deserve, cannot earn, cannot perform in such a way that it's just automatically going to happen, that God has to provide something. And that is his grace to enable them to honor him, to love him, to believe in him, to respond in such a way that's obedient. So I'm, I'm wanting people to see that the, the message that's consistently there is that God is providing grace, but then they also see, you know what, ultimately when Christ came, he's the culmination of that. Now, I'm not just doing that so people will say, oh, I, I get that truth, I'm, I'm wanting them – I don't know how to say this, Chris – I'm wanting them to feel it. Hmm. I'm wanting them to experience it so that I'm not just saying, well, isn't it interesting that grace is unfolding from the – I'm wanting to say, look, look how unrelenting 
is the grace of God for his people. Look look how irrevocable are God's promises. Look, look how determined was his love that continues right into this present moment. I mean, that's the beauty of preaching Acts 1-8, where you talk about the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and to say that wasn't just the apostles. If you are a Christian, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. This promise is extending, and I want people to, to sense not just, oh, this is good for my mind to know it's all the same, but to actually say this love of God was his profound seeking after you and sending Christ for you so that you're responding to his grace even now today. So I I think that's something, being a pastor, that I feel more intensely. I just don't want you in your head to know, oh, there's a grace message unfold. I want you to feel the impact of that unrelenting grace of God. Yeah, that's what I what I was thinking as you were talking is it's more than just a head knowledge mm-hmm. and, and wanting to to inform more than just people's intellect but but a heart knowledge. Yeah. And how the the transforming of the heart is really what compels us. You know, you can know all the truths of the scripture but until your heart is transformed you know, it's it's empty words. Yeah, and 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 for that reason, feel is probably a bad word. You know, I want them to feel what what I want them to do is experience mm. this grace that's being talked about, revealed in the past, is God's grace for you, and so that experience of the love of God that's never deserved, never earned, and nonetheless is being offered to you and then as you receive it is 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 at work for you is is my intention to say this this is what I want you to so profoundly experience through the the preaching of the word that you want to go out and say I have to do something about this I want I want my my joy to be experienced by others I want I want my joy to be experienced by me as I face trial and difficulty and hurt in a world that's not perfect to remember God was providing what I needed, even in a challenging world. I think I said in that message yesterday, he's providing the Holy Spirit, and that does not mean that all the challenges go away, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. I mean, if, <laughs> why would you need power <laughs> if there are no challenges? So God is saying to his disciples, listen, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. That does not mean no more troubles. That does mean you will endure and not only will you endure, you will be my witnesses. I, I love kind of saying that's not a command. You, you know, you need to be. It's a declaration. You are going to be my witnesses because the Holy Spirit's going to be with you. And kind of like you know, you may you may face hard things, you may fail, you may not fail, but you are going to be my witnesses because this Holy Spirit's being poured out on you. And that's what I wanted people to understand. With not that life is going to be without challenge, not that they're not going to struggle but that the Holy Spirit is going to use them, and that's part of the blessing of God. you you got purpose, and, and you got the Holy Spirit to help you in that purpose. Hmm. Uh, and that's, that's so powerful. You, the, one of the things that you, you touched on, I, I think a little bit further on in the, in the sermon, something that I've noticed that, that I really appreciate is you have a, an ability to say something that might be convicting, but I don't feel like you're coming down on me. Like, <laughs> like it, but you, you discussed, you know, as we're being, you know, witnesses and sharing and, and, or welcoming people into the church, how we might feel okay with that and ways in which we might not, or how ways that we might feel stretched. I know you actually use the visual diagram, uh, yeah, to, we, to we're explain not, We're that. not going to be able to do that today, but well, it's, it's an, it's an, 
old diagram that I was introduced to years ago by actually somebody who was a secular uh, philosopher in, so- in sociology. But then I began to say, how does this actually apply to the Christian message? And it, it's kind of the, the ladder, as it were, of human tolerance. How do you deal with other people, people unlike yourselves? So that when Jesus says to his disciples, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you are going to be my witnesses in Judea and in, in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the you say, well, yeah, well, that's interesting. There are a couple of place names I don't really know much about, but that's it. No, listen, what's he saying? You'll be my witnesses where the Jewish officials are. That's Jerusalem. Where the Jewish people are, that's Judea. Samaria, that's where the Jewish traders are. Okay, those are the half-breeds, the Samaritans who were Jews who married pagans and then set up alternative places of worship. And to the uttermost parts of the earth, that, that means everybody who's not Jewish at all, who you would think of as pagans and, and even the language Paul uses at one point, barbarians. You know, No, you're going to be my witnesses to them. And then as the book of Acts unfolds, you begin to recognize not just witnesses, those people are being enfolded into the church. So that by the time you get to Acts 13 and the first kind of membership roster of the church is listed, you find people who are Jewish and Roman and African and Asian, and they're all on the roll. And and the point that I was making is that is totally outside the human comfort zone. And, and what we start doing is saying, if you're not like me, you know, I, I just don't want to be with you. In fact, if, if you've done something to hurt me, then I, I feel I'm perfectly justified in hating you. Sure. And kind of the next step up is, well, if you haven't hurt me, but I just don't like you, then I'm just going to stay separate from you. And so you kind of say the lowest rung of human dealings with humans is hatred and then separation. But in a modern age, we might say, well, you know, I'll at least tolerate you. You know, if, if you'll stay on your side of the street, I won't get upset with you, so I'll, I'll tolerate you. And this is what I find really interesting, because one of the things that you pointed out is, like, tolerance is really a buzzword yeah. right now, that, you know, we just all need to be tolerant, but we need to be more than tolerant. Like, that, it doesn't end there. Like, that's not, that's not the be-all, end-all that, that gets paint, painted right. to be. Because you recognize if people are in the church together, they're not just saying, you stay on your side of the street and I'll tolerate you. They're, they're actually welcoming people into the church. Now, you say, well, okay, I might do that. And, and just to bring it into our age, we were talking about, you know, you may be a different skin color, you may be from a different social demographic, but if you'll talk my language, if you'll look like me, if you'll eat like me, if you'll respond to things the way I do, well, then I'll welcome you. As long as you become like me, then you're sure, certainly welcome yeah. in my church. And you say, well, actually, that, that wasn't what was happening in the New Testament church. You had people who were gathering in Christ's name, but they were very different people, and they often struggled to get along with each other. But they were being not just welcomed. Ultimately, you recognize that what Jesus is doing is he is building his church by the Holy Spirit is he's bringing people in with great differences to say, you need to learn to appreciate people for their differences, not not just welcome them. And it was kind of fun to say, because everybody in our part of the world laughs at you. And says, this is not just Midwest nice, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, just, yeah. you know I'll just be nice to you. Which we you take know. pride in, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, oh, right. we're just such nice yeah, people yeah. here. Oh, isn't that special? Yeah. And then I'll stay away from me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, we... we we have our buzzwords and our ways of relating to people that show politeness or courtesy, 
but aren't really saying, I will welcome you, I will even appreciate you for your differences. And, um, you know, I tried to remind people of, you know, why is it that we might learn to appreciate from African culture where Christians care for each other in such a way that they will give them a place in their homes, Mm. that they will give them a place at the table, that they will, I gave the example, learn from people who might not know as much of you in one area of life, but will care for you in another area of life. You, you, no one left behind means I'm going to care for you regardless. You're part of my community. And, and how do we learn from in our culture in this Midwest town that we're in by having worship services with people of different ethnicities and, and often impoverished Christians? How are we learning from them? They're still praising God despite very hard lives. We might not do that. And ultimately, you're saying, as you're kind of going up that ladder of Christian acceptance, that what Christ is ultimately saying to you, you don't just need to appreciate people unlike yourselves. You need to understand Christ's church, nor you yourself, are all that God intends unless they have had their influence on your life. You need those people. And the most mature churches are not just saying, I'll welcome you, I'll tolerate you, I appreciate that you're different. They're saying, you know what, we need you in this church because you are different. And we will not be all that God intends until we have learned from you, his people, who are different from us. And that's, that's the church that Christ is building until the great day in Revelation when people from every uh, nation, tribe, language, and people are gathered around the throne and praising Christ. If you really n- want to be that church, then you need people unlike yourself. And that's not something instinctively human at all that's why you need the holy spirit because that's Mm. beyond human ability to love and care for and welcome people as christ is himself saying needs to be done Mm. that's where you know i was saying earlier being convicted but also not feeling like i'm just being looked down upon i think what's amazing is i mean that really is god's grace like you said it's it's not just you know do better you're doing you're doing things wrong. You need to do better. This is what as long as you do this, then everything's going to be okay. It's you know the Holy Spirit working because God knows you can't do better. Yeah, well said. You know you can't do it without without the working of the Holy Spirit. And I think that's why it's so important to feel um, to feel that that tug of okay, I, I fall short, but then not end there. And, yeah, and that's the message of grace, you know, is – and I feel like to an extent throughout this passage, that's that's where the, the grace is revealed is, you know, but God gives us his spirit, his Holy Spirit, and that is what works through us and allows us to be able to reflect that love that God has shown us and, and to be welcoming because it flies in the face of our sinful nature. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's just not the human reflex to accept people – welcome people, appreciate people, need people who are unlike yourself, mm-hmm. right? That makes life uncomfortable. And, and so, as you just said, when we say, man, I'm, I'm going to need some help here, yeah. that's when you say, Jesus, well, I'll send you my Holy Spirit. <laughs> you go, oh, that's, that's what I need inside yeah, there to be changing me yeah. from the inside out. And that's what he's promising. And, you know, it's so funny, Chris, because you and I talk afterwards and people don't necessarily see things. So I'm now looking at the clock while I'm preaching and I'm going, oh, no, I've got two minutes 
to kind of say, and by the way, this Holy Spirit is under the rule of the reigning ascended Lord in heaven who is not going to let you be forgotten and he's not going to leave you helpless because he's seeing the Holy Spirit. And I'm trying to say all that as, How do you as say fast all that? as I can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's not just you have the Holy Spirit. You have, you have the ascended Lord mm. who is saying, I'm going to send him as you need him for the issues, for the trials, for the difficulties. And... And you're not going to be perfect in this life, but I'm coming back for you, right? So you're not going to be helpless because I'm sending my Holy Spirit, and that's not just blind guidance. I'm going to be still in charge. I'm the ascended Lord. And when you think, well, you know, but you're way up there and I'm down here fighting it, but I'm coming back for you. Hmm. So, you know, never helpless and never forgotten because we have the Holy Spirit is really just a wonderful grace of God. Yeah. What a message of hope. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, this is all part of a larger sermon, as we've been discussing. And, and if our listeners are interested, they can check out that sermon. Actually, going to brianchapel.com, you can uh, watch and or listen to the entire sermon. Uh, hopefully, you've enjoyed this little snippet to, to discuss it in detail a little bit more of, of some of the, the process in, in creating this sermon and what the thought process has been in presenting it. Um, I am just always encouraged, uh, Brian, by the way that you approach uh, your presentation of the scriptures. And um, I feel like even in this small discussion here, there are new things that, that God is, is revealing to me, uh, kind of these aha moments of like, oh, yeah, it's so clear, but I think it's only clear by the grace of God yeah. that, that he reveals that. He kind of, you know, makes what might be murky clear uh, by the working of his spirit. So, um, Well, I think, you know, Chris, we, we got into this series because of friends of ours who were reminding us of a fairly famous preacher of a previous generation who said, you hang with me and I'll get you through the whole Bible in five years. And I thought, I don't think we have five years. <laughs> but if you hang with me, we'll get you through the whole Bible in one year. And that's that's what we're doing. And it's just been, it's been fun and it's been deepening of my own understanding and a great thing to do to say, you know, the Lord was just through the whole Bible saying, folks, you need a redeemer, but I'm going to provide one and he will never leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's with you. And, and I just, we just love seeing that message unfold. I really hope you enjoyed listening to that episode of Revealing Grace and our discussion of Acts 1-8 and the working of the Holy Spirit. If this is the first time that you've listened to the podcast, I encourage you to check out previous episodes. And also, if you've enjoyed this and want to make sure that you hear future episodes, please hit the subscribe button. That way you'll be notified anytime we release a future episode. As we stated in the podcast, this uh, discussion was of a specific sermon that was given as part of the sermon series, By Grace to Glory, Through the Bible in a Year. And if you're interested in watching or listening to that entire sermon, you can go to brianchapel.com and search for the sermon Church Mission. You can find it there on his website and you can watch it in its entirety. While you're at Brian's website, you can check out all the free resources that are available to you. And if you're interested in receiving more training, uh, you can check out the courses section where we have seminary level courses available for you uh, that are taught by Brian himself. We will be continuing to release new episodes of this podcast, and I hope it's encouraging to you. And we look forward to having you tune in to the next episode of Revealing Grace.